Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week's episode is with Lauren Sanderson and I am such a huge fan of hers as a person and as an artist. Just all of her mindset and her perspective and her work ethic, all of it together is just so damn cool to me. And we talk a lot about that on this episode. We also specifically talk about a couple really interesting points in her career. One of them being going from being a very successful independent artist to then signing to a major and then eventually fighting to get off of that major and going back to being independent. So she shares a lot of her experiences and her thoughts there. We also talk about learning how to work super hard and get opportunities, but then how to balance those opportunities and when it's time to say no to certain things and listening to yourself, which I think is something really important to talk about. And then at the end, her incredible fans submitted a bunch of questions and we did like a bonus round rapid fire Q&A where I just asked a bunch of the questions from her fans and she answered them all so, so well. So all in, whether you've been a longtime fan or you're just now hearing about her, I think you'll love this episode. And if you do and you want to do me a massive favor, share this episode with a friend of yours that you think would like it. The podcast has grown all from word of mouth and that means so much. And if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. And I think that says it all. Enjoy. Where are all my friends? Lauren Sanderson. We did the thing. I'm a fan. I'm happy that this happened. It happened in a cool way. And I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Massive shouts to Grace for making it happen, too. She's the actual best. Yep. Grace is my manager. To anyone watching, um, big fan of Grace over here. Big fan, um, yeah, 10 out of 10, would stoked. recommend. 10 out of 10 woman. <laughs> well, yeah, but seriously, I'm stoked and I appreciate you joining me. Um, I was just saying to you super briefly right before we started recording that I'm excited to do this podcast with you because you've really done an incredible job telling your story and documenting your artist come up. So it doesn't have to just be that generic intro like interview of, oh, what are your early days, this, that, and this. And I'm so impressed by your artist project. Like everything you've done, you've been at it for like, you've been at it for, from such a young age and like, you've done a great job documenting that come up and yeah. it's just really cool to see you evolve. So I'm really honored to have you Thank on. Thank like, you. So I genuine. appreciate that. I'm excited to talk about all this stuff and let people in on the journey and the mindset and how we got to this point. Yeah, we kind of bonded on that, huh? Both of us are on some of that like mindset, goal setting kind of vibe, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, well, cool. So anybody watching or listening that doesn't know who you are, just very briefly, who you are and what you do. Yeah, my name is Lauren Sanderson. I am an artist based in LA now, grew up in the Midwest, Indiana, 260 Vibes. Yeah, basically, from a young age, I always wanted to be an inspiration and just uplift people and remind people to believe in themselves and and started with speaking, turned into music, and now we're we're here. Here we are. No, right that's like super, super well. That's like and a long, long, long story, very short. But I love that because, again, like I said, you've done such a great job telling that story and anybody who's interested in it can go find so much of that detail. Or I'm sure your fans listening already know that. And speaking (laughs) of your fans, 
right before we started recording this, I posted one Instagram story of just like about to do a podcast with Lauren Sanderson, send us any questions. And I can't even count the responses that we got just off of you reposting that. So like, just your fans, whatever, whatever you have done in your career to build that fan base and have such caring people is crazy. Wow. Thank you. And shout out to you guys, whoever's listening right now too, because I didn't, I never know what to expect. And I feel like I'm always just so blown away and so grateful for the response. So shout out to y'all for that. I can't wait to see what they asked too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's something like something so big to be said about at least in 2021, so many people have like a high follower count or something like that. And it becomes harder and harder to tell who actually has like this real following and what numbers or not even to say that it's real or fake, but like how deep that connection is or how much support you actually have. So to hear you or like to see that in real life, to see like, there's a real connection. Like you've clearly like actually given something back to yeah. your fans and been there because they care about you. Well, but, I appreciate hearing that. It's always, it's always an honor whenever I even remember that there are people yeah. watching and listening and sending questions and shit. It just makes my, makes my life a lot better. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. And kind of going back to the first spot that I wanted to talk about was you gave a TED talk. <laughs> yeah. You that's like that's like bucket list. Like you were just like, oh cool, me, young teen, TED talk, no big deal. But in that TED talk, you said something exactly to that point of you had started already to build a following mm-hmm. and you had an idea to release a shirt. Mm-hmm. And zero people bought that shirt. So like that's so much the point of you can have a following, but how yeah. far does that go? And that's not the point at all of your TED talk. But I just, I think that that's very interesting that you experienced that and you just kept going and kept going and kept going. And now it's something real. I think that's awesome that, and the the crazy thing is how I even actually ended up doing that TED talk was because I didn't get accepted into college. And so I was like, what is something, some next step that I can do that will be able to inspire people and hopefully tell my story that I don't need a college degree or a paper to be like, I'm qualified. And I literally went on Google, looked up how to do a TED talk and found the application. And next thing I knew, I w- yeah, I was so insanely scared to do that TED talk. You have no idea. I can only, how old were you when you did it? I think I was 19 and, but I knew, I knew going into it, that that's where I was meant to be. And at the end of the day, that, that was the day that I realized that I had such a love for being on stage. And so I'm so grateful, not only that I didn't get into college, but that it led me to that stage where it kind of panned the rest of my life out from there. That's crazy to hear that that was the moment. And it's also cool that you say it was being on stage because you pretty quickly figured out, you're like, all right, the speaking thing, not quite it. Yeah. But it's still being on stage. It's still what actually matters there. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted it to be more expressive than just talking. So I got yeah. I got the opportunity to kind of turn my speeches into songs. And that's how Lauren Sanderson began. 
I love it. I love it. And also just on that line, like the TED talk being about like encouraging parents and those older than kids just to like love them and encourage them and how powerful that is. Like it doesn't matter like where you come from or what your circumstances, just how much that can help kids. I thought that was remarkable. Has that continued like has that been a theme that you've continued to push or have you seen any, any further response to that? Like, I feel like that's a very timeless message. I was really impressed by that. I think as far as that theme, it's gotten less about kind of like parents do this, parents do that. And just more about everyone do this, everyone, please just keep kindness in your heart and recognize that every single person is going through something. And I think as far as as far as the message of like how parents treat you and how that affects you in adulthood has been honestly more prevalent in my life now than ever, just on a personal level, because I feel like as you grow up and kind of get through your twenties and even get through your thirties, I feel, and like as a younger kid too, but it's just more and more obvious how like the ways that our parents treat us as kids and the ways they show love and the ways they communicate and all of that, how it really shapes you into the ways that you show love and you communicate and how you kind of have to unlearn a lot of that stuff and relearn and kind of like however you want to be showing that, you know? Yeah. No, I I love that so much. And the other, like, I just love that Typically, somebody could say, oh, well, when I'm a parent, I'm going to set this example and I'm going to do better. And that's great. And that's awesome progress. But like the fact that you figured out a way at 19 years old to make an impact more than just being a single one person parent, raising one family, whatever, like you impacted so many people. And I respect the hell out of that. So props. That's really cool. That's my parents for helping me come to realize that at such a young age, that's it is so important and to anyone listening to really look up attachment styles on Google there. It's, it's such a crazy journey to get into about that stuff, but just the different types of attachment theory and the different ways that, that we show and feel love. You know, I know a lot of us feel very distant from everyone sometimes. And like me personally, just I've had a tendency of pushing people away and kind of being very like strong-minded and like loving how independent I am. And, you know, looking back on my life, a lot of that has been just based on because that's what I thought, you know, that's what I thought I was supposed to be. And that's what I thought was, you know, but it's, it's, it's really awesome to like open up your heart and actually let people in too. Yeah. You know, yeah. And not that be scared again. that everyone's going to hurt you all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, very well said. And it's like, these things are easy to talk about, but it's sometimes you kind of have to break habits and like really be honest with yourself of like, yo, what am I, what am I doing here? Like, whoops, I'm slipping. So yeah, it's cool to hear that. Exactly. Um, Well, thank you for noticing that and caring. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing. So then to shift gears to Lauren Sanderson as an artist. And again, If you're listening and you aren't familiar with the project, it's all there. And if you're listening and you're one of the diehard fans, you absolutely know this. But you have had such a journey as an artist. Like you built a crazy following completely independent. And I mean, what, from the age of about 1920, started doing the music thing. Mm -hmm. 
and made it out to LA, all of that. And then a, a point that I specifically wanted to talk about is you got to the point of signing to a major, a very mm -hmm. real major. You signed to Epic Records. Like that's, mm -hmm. you did it. Like you won the game. <laughs> Bonus round. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so like with that, I think that's really interesting because obviously now you're independent. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people on the podcast that have made a good life, a good living for themselves, being entirely mm -hmm. independent. I think that's more possible than ever nowadays. But it's rare to talk to somebody who has experienced every side of it and done every side of it pretty well. So I'm just curious, yeah. like, paint that picture of what those years looked like and like what you learned being on a major, like what ultimately, yeah. like what made you want to kind of go back to being independent? Um, so yeah, I started independent after the Ted talk, I started making music and, and released a few songs independently, just like SoundCloud, YouTube covers, that whole thing. Um, signed to Epic pretty shortly after like starting my independent project. And I was, just a kid in Indiana. So it's like, this is it. This is the moment. This is how could I say, no, they're not gonna screw me over. Like I know what I'm doing. And, and so of course I signed, I moved to LA and I do that for maybe I think I was signed for about two years. And honestly, like their love for me and passion for me, I think was very real, but our visions were just so different because I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm super picky and I'm super hands-on. And I know a lot of success sometimes that comes out of the label system is based on just being very cooperative and open to everything and anything. And I think being so independent and so hands-on kind of when I, there was a lot of things that I was like, I'll do this, but you need to meet me here. I'll do this, but you need to meet me here. And we would, we just couldn't get to that like progressive point where we were actually moving forward. And yeah. so, you know, I, I used to be super negative about it, but now it's kind of like, thank God that I, I'm almost like, thank God I got that out of the way and realized like, Oh, I'm way too almost picky. And like, I just feel like I have such a specific vision to, to know, like, thank God, like, I'm going to go do this independently now that I know that. Um, yeah. so that's awesome. And then, yeah, I, I honestly, I really fought to get out of that deal. And that's something I don't think I've ever really said before. And it's not a, it's no secret. A lot of artists that are with majors have to get out of it. But I was yeah. like, listen, guys, you're not gaining anything and I'm not gaining anything because neither of us like what the other person wants to do. So as soon as I got out of that, it was, I was, I really felt grateful. And, and then I, you know, signed with an independent label for a year, young forever, which was really awesome putting my debut album out with them. Cause it gave me a budget and they, you know, didn't necessarily have any creative control. They just kind of, helped me with the game plan and budget and went from there. But yeah, I spent a year there and now I'm kind of like, all right, I'm ready to be fully, fully independent, have this all on me, all on my plate, my vision, my timeline, my budget, my money, and 
see what Lauren Sanderson is really capable of doing. Okay. Which is crazy. That was a lot right there, but I loved that. So something that I I was having this conversation with a friend a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about when an artist signs to either a major or or, sorry, just a label or a management company depending Mm -hmm. And just the idea of for certain people and artists, it's actually the best thing you can do because Mm -hmm. there is such a formulaic system that they can apply to an artist. Like, Mm -hmm. and and I don't even want to make, I don't want to paint the picture because I've had plenty of people from labels on the podcast. And I think that there's such remarkable people at labels. I'm not saying it's always like this, but I think that in the case of an artist like yourself, where you have such a laser focused vision and probably like a standard of quality that like you couldn't even like to them, they're giving you something that they think is amazing, but you're like, it's just, look, it's, it's my vision. It needs to be this, this or this, whatever. But for certain artists, when you go and work with a label or a team or an anything, they have a system that they have already perfected so, so well. They know the right people. You write a certain song, you write, you have a certain look, whatever, and they know that if it checks whatever boxes, they can at least send it through to whoever else. And from there, they could, you know, probably get it like on the radio or this or that or featured here, featured there or whatever. So it's just like, okay, cool. We can help you get this, but from you artist, we need you to play ball and give us a this. And it's not, I don't, I think that gets misconstrued. I think that people think that that's them trying to manipulate or control your career or whatever. But if you're an artist like you and you have such a vision, Mm -hmm. it just, might not line up because what they have to offer might not be what you want. You might just want to make this very specific art. Exactly. And that was exactly what it was. And that's why I, I'm not going to be mad at them. They were doing what they felt was the best thing. They do have a formula. They do know what works. And for a lot of artists, it does work. And I'm just not that artist that you can tell me, Hey, do this, do that. And wear these beats headphones and da 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 and we'll get this check and and it's just it just felt too like planned it felt like too commercial and I felt too and again it's that's their job they were doing their right job but for the kind of artist that I am I just didn't come out of Indiana and work this hard to be doing what somebody else wanted me to do when I felt in my gut and soul and had sweat, blood, sweat, and tears, had shed blood, sweat, and tears to get to a certain point that like, I'm going to feel good about what I'm doing. And if I can't do that, then it's just not going to work. Yeah. So all the love to them, I feel like they did their best with what they knew how to do. And I did my best, but yeah. Gotta just let go when it's time, you know? Totally. Agree to disagree and, ag- and keep it moving. Yeah. And I think that's also cool. Like a lot of times artists can get stuck in deals and the fact that you were able yeah. to get out, like, again, as respect, like I really don't like to paint labels as this terrible, terrible machine. And it's also too, sometimes artists don't work as hard as you. So yeah. when you have an artist that's kind of down to just like go along for the ride and do what the people ask and whatever, like, that's great. But so then my next point in that is 
I personally get really excited right now about this modern day age or this era of music because if, an extremely important if, you work your ass off and you continue to just do everything in your power and put in all of the time and have the vision, I do think it's possible to do crazy shit as an independent artist. So I feel like that's you. Yeah. That comes back to a lot of the mindset stuff that we talk about, right? Like, I think we're both very much on that, like, again, not to be like cheesy side of it, but like Gary V work hard determination yeah. kind of side of things. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think more now than ever, I'm just realizing that there is so much shit on the internet that it's like, stop even like, like, yeah, I, I feel like I have reached a certain level of success. I'm not just like this random girl from Indiana who nobody knows. Like, I feel like I'm at the point where I can see that, but I also see how much more there is to grow. And I'm not going to sit here and constantly get in my own way and be like, I don't want to post that because I already posted today. I don't want to like, this is not the time to be like nitpicking every single detail about like what, what it is and what's the caption and what's the, it's like, just do as much as you possibly can. And as much as, as much as you really can, because chances are people are only going to see one tenth of it anyways, even if they do follow you. So, and that's hundred percent learned from Gary Vee. It's like, give people something to fall in love with, give people a journey. And I actually have Gary Tat when I no met him, way. when I met him, which is a whole other story, but we had a meeting and I said, Gary, write me one thing that you want me to remember forever, as long as I'm alive and it's give more than you take. And it was such a life-changing moment for me because I was like, anytime that I've ever felt in that drought or anything, it's like, it's because I'm not giving enough. If you're so focused on what you're not getting, then how are you even going to be providing value? So that's kind of where I'm at now. I just want to give, give, give. And I'm not even going to be like seeing what I'm not getting because I'm so focused on everything that I'm giving out, you know? That's fucking huge. I know. <laughs> that's, that's... It's, it's such a good realization to have. I just, I don't want to think about what I'm not getting. I'm, I'm, whatever it is that I'm giving, it will be reciprocated in, in a lesson and a stream and a, new fan and a DM and a merch purchase, like it's going to be turned around somehow, somewhere. And it's not my job to like overanalyze like, Oh, but I only, Oh, but like, no, just be yeah. appreciative and be focused on the next thing. And right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Something like very similar to that line that I always like kind of tell myself or have in my head is just outflow equals inflow. So like, exactly. if you want more info, if you want more money, followers, attention, this, that, put more out. Like, exactly. so it's cool, if, it's cool that you yeah. see that so well and articulate that so well. Yeah. And not only that, but on a personal level, it's just also a huge lesson I'm learning right now is if I'm ever like truly down in the dumps or I feel like 
I'm being hard on myself or I'm, I'm focusing on what I'm not getting in, in my personal regular Lauren life. I have to like realistically think about, could I be doing more? Could I be giving myself better energy? Could I be giving my friends and family more of my time? Could I be taking care of myself better? Like realistically, the way that I feel right now, is it because of how I've been spending my time? And 100% of the time, yeah, it's yeah, it's always correlated to, I, I feel something that you can see it when you're not taking care of yourself and shit like that. So I just think it's cool. It applies to everything, Where, wherever you want, whatever you water more of, it grows. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Here's a question. Cause I like, I very, very much agree with you there. And I try to apply something very similar to my life, but one mm-hmm. spot where I've, I've had to work really hard is like, sometimes when you get in that, you almost like motivate yourself so much to the point where you get close to burning out. And something that I've kind of had to really work on and learn and actively working on is delegating and getting more efficient. So it's like, all right, you want this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And then opportunities start coming and you're like, oh shit, it's working. And then that overwhelms you because you want to you know, accomplish all of the things that are coming back to you. Have you dealt with that? Like, do you have like a, a way that you have remedied that or do you know the feels? Definitely. I think, I mean, even a few days ago, I just felt completely energyless. Like I think in February specifically, I just went so fucking hard, like trying to do as much as I possibly can um, a lot of people don't know this. Actually, nobody knows this, but I'm about to actually get surgery on my vocal cords. I have to more than ever spend my time the most efficiently that I possibly can because I only have a voice until March 29th. And so February was like music, 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 studio, 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 interview, interview, photo shoot, photo shoot, video, video. And because of that, I feel like a couple of days ago, I was like, I don't even know. Like February felt like I just blacked out. And the next thing I knew, I had all of these songs and great photos and awesome videos. And now I'm like, okay, but where is the life in me? <laughs> and uh, and I, it sounds funny, but Lady Gaga has an amazing interview that she did. At, I think Yale a couple of years back where She said, you know, she got to this point where she's like, I'm Lady Gaga. I have all the money. I have the cars. I have the clothes. I have the the friends, but I'm not happy. And why am I not happy? And she said, you know, well, because I'm saying no to, I'm saying yes to so many things that I want to say no to. I'm saying, yeah, I want to do a perfume when I really don't. Yeah. I want to do this trip to this place and meet this person. And I don't. And so for me right now, it's my remedy, or I guess the answer that I'm really learning is saying no, when I don't want to fucking do something, I just don't, I don't want to do it. We only have so much energy and realistically time. And like you said, to be truly efficient, you can't say yes to everything, not in your personal life, not in your business life and not in any sense of 
anything. You just can't say yes all the time. You're going to drive yourself insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And I think that that's such an important differentiation. I love how you said that. And I love your answer to that because it's like, you can motivate yourself out of your mind and like have that hard work and you absolutely should. But I really think that that's it. It's like, there is a difference between working super hard and being driven and motivated versus saying yes to everything. And yeah, that's huge. Exactly. It's almost like recognizing when you're subconsciously people pleasing and even people pleasing yourself in a really weird way to be like, why am I doing this? Like, if I want to say no, why am I saying yes? Is it because I don't want to let this person down? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, when you say yes to things that you don't want to do, you're letting yourself down. And that should be your biggest concern and biggest priority to make sure that you are in the right place to even be giving out energy like that. I fuck with you. (laughs) I fuck with you. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how I look at it. It's like, there's no point in people pleasing. You're going to either let them down or you're going to let yourself down. And at the end of the day, all we have is ourselves and people get over it, you know? That's so, yeah, I love that's that. What I, that's what I think, at least. I know when when people let me down, I get over it. And I'm not going to sit true. here and play victim and shit. Like, I would that's rather true. people put themselves first, too. I'm sure we've all been on the other side of that, right? Where, like, you have the person that's too much of the yes, the like, the yes person, you know? And they're just like always, especially in LA, like I got caught up thinking about it as I was saying, it's like, God, LA is it. But like, they're always saying yes. And then they end up flaking on you and bailing on you. And you're just like, yo, I would have rather you just said no. Like, it's not a big deal. Just just say no, if you don't want to do it. And I'm not gonna, it's, that's exactly what it is. And I also, I also don't want to be that person. So I would rather just say, I really don't have the energy or the time to do this right now. Let me circle back or maybe let's talk about doing this in a month when I have maybe different energy or, or different things on my plate. Yeah. And that's great. Have you read essentialism? It's like, it's so much of what you're saying is echoed in that book. Yeah. I think it's, I I butcher. I butcher the last name. It's Greg McEwen. I think it's Greg McEwen. But the TLDR of it is just like, there is a difference of like, like chasing opportunities. You're only going to have so much time and so many things available to you. And like kind of just how valuable it is to, before you start your endeavors or anything, to really look and observe what is important to you and define yourself, define your goals, define your priorities, and then really look at like, cool, what gets that closer? And then what is noise? And kind of like the differences of like, he kind of just like walks you through thinking like that. And like, there's literally a whole chapter about saying no and everything you just said, where I was like, wow, dang. (laughs) Yeah. I learned a lot of that stuff from my dad. He's, he has the ultimate ultimate no bullshit detector or ultimate bullshit detector is he has like a no bullshit policy in his life where whether it's people whether it's things whether it's meetings it's just if there's bullshit that i don't want to deal with it's just 
keep it pushing. Let's not waste anybody's time and <laughs> not waste your time either, you know? Yeah, keep it yeah. pushing. <laughs> pushing. There's a TED Talk, too, that's, like, talking about, I don't know, I guess I should have asked if I can cuss on this thing, but I... Oh, yeah. I, I think you run said that, so I don't feel bad. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, run it. There's a TED Talk about, like, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's about, like, organizing your fucks that you have to give and like oh. yeah it talks about like the, I, I think it talks about like a fuck bucket that you're mm-hmm. like i only have five more fucks i'm not going to your sister's cousin's little baby's baby shower i don't have that fuck to give you and yeah. and just being able to determine if that's like worth your fuck you know yeah yeah that's <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, is it worth it? I don't know. If it's not worth the fuck to give, then stop giving your fucks to things that you don't give a fuck about. Yeah. Has okay, but then again, so you came from Indiana. Indiana. (laughs) I was I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I always want to say Indianapolis as if that's a state. That's not a state. That's That's in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, at least for me, I feel like this was an interesting challenge. I came from Florida, like I'm originally from Florida and you come out to a big city. I won't even say just LA, right. But like working in the entertainment industry and there is so much of the fluff and the social is the, the socializing and the, this is and yeah. the that's. So it becomes hard, like at our core, at least for myself, I've experienced, it's like, I know that I only have so many fucks to give and I don't give a fuck about this. But then it's like, oh, well, I'm a young aspiring creator. I'm a young this or that. And this would be a really good person to know. So I'm going to do this. I can only imagine that you have gone through the battle of that. And now yeah. I feel like you have transcended. So like, what's your thought on that now? Like, how do you, how do you balance opportunity when you are choosing the fucks to give? Oh man, isn't that the question? I, I think it's funny because like everyone thinks I'm an extrovert, but if I could really just realistically sit on my couch and play Call of Duty all the time, I probably would. That's just me being very honest, even though I like yeah. the LA like fluff side of me was just like, you can't say that you can't say that you don't actually want to go there and meet those people. But like, sometimes I really just don't. And that's a hard one. I think that comes down to like opportunity costs and, and like, do you just want to meet them to meet them? Or do you like, I am at a point where I'm like, do I really care? Yes or no? Like, yeah. If I really don't care and I really just have this like thing that's like, you don't care, you don't care, you don't care, you don't, I'm just not going to go. Like, yeah. I think do it as much as you can, but like, don't mentally destroy yourself trying yeah. to be social, you know? I, I don't think know. we all think- relate to that. Yeah. 
And I, yeah. I also think, again, the other side of that is like showing up to something or I mean, I guess COVID changed it a little bit. There's a little bit less social commitments, but like the committing to something and wishing you didn't. And then you're not even mentally present. And then you're like, I didn't there's no way I could advance this because I'm not even here. I'm just bummed that I showed up. But I always try to balance in a podcast, like thinking about the listener, right? Like it's a fun. I love going deep into the meta of it. But I also feel like the Lauren oh, Sanderson episode should be about like, I'm always like, all right, well, tell, tell more about you. Like there's, there's things okay. about you. <laughs> Let's go. There's things um, about you. <laughs> yes. More things. So I guess that was the very long, long winded way to say you're independent now. Independent. And with that, because you do have the vision that you have, what are you trying to create now? Like what, like something that I noticed about you again from afar where I feel like I'm like, oh, she'll be fine, just fine, is it really feels like you have a vision. I watch your music videos. They're all unique. They all tell a story. They all capture like the you. Like, you know, it feels real. It feels authentic. I feel like I know you without knowing you. And again, like the content, you stay consistent with the content. Like if I were managing you, if I was at a label of you, I'd be like, yeah, run it. Like you're good. But where does that come from? Like, what is your vision? What are you trying to build? What is the big picture yeah. here? Oh man, big picture. When I really picture my shows, my supporters, the people who are wanting to buy my merch and listen to my music, it's, it's just people who want to make the world. Oh, that sounds so cheesy. How do I say it? <laughs> My vision is to just really like be an artist and an example of, like you said, like the epitome of like someone who clearly gives so many fucks about people and, and has a big heart, but also like, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. And that balance is really like a world that I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create a world where if you're going to a Lauren Sanderson show, that's the time where you, the second you walk in that door, you're going to be the truest version of yourself. You're going to wear that outfit that you feel like the baddest bitch in. You're going to say what you mean. You're going to leave that show. You're going to stop listening to my, when you, when you stop listening to that song, you're going to feel like you can do anything. And I think at the end of the day, I really just want to be someone that believes in people, no matter what dream it is or how crazy it is or what your parents think or where you're from or anything. It's like, just know that like someone out there wholeheartedly believes in you as much as you believe in yourself and that you can do anything. I feel like that's a, a great place to apply the fucks that you have to give. Exactly. <laughs> Out of all the fucks that I have to give, I just want people to know that I give a fuck about them. And I just want to be an example that you can be a tomboy. You can wear what you want. You can get tattoos. You can be whatever sexuality in the world that you feel like connected with. You can say no to your parents and not go to college and go to your dream, go do your dream that you've always wanted to do and move out and live the life that you want to live. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All these things, you know, they're so easily said and it, it borders these cheesy things that we hear and see all the time. But I think again, 
why I love having people like you on the podcast is it's not just words, like you're living proof of it. Like you have taken all of the steps and you've gone through it and you've done it and you've done it. And that I think holds a lot more weight. Well, than, thank you. You know, an Instagram square that has a quote. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you. I, have you seen that one page? It's like the shitty, like it's like almost, you can't tell if it's serious. It's like motivational quotes that are so campy. Definitely, with like the really, really, really outlandish, out-of-pocket background. <laughs> that makes sense with the quote. Yes. Definitely. So good. Iconic, iconic page. And I would imagine too, like now with being independent, like something that I, I respect and I see a lot of my independent friends doing is like, it's little things I think that you can do for your fans and for your artist project where you can have an idea and it can be turned around so fast. Oh, like I think that's cool. And I love that in music right now because kind of like the thing you said in the further, in the beginning of the episode, you post 10 things, maybe people see one of those and that's not a, that's not a diss to you. That's just, there's so much. Exactly. So the fact that now you control that schedule with all of your art is pretty sick. I, uh, I'm a big fan of it and I'm excited too, just to put out as much as I can and just see what happens. Cause I, I truly believe that this is going to get pretty massive and I, I have no shame in saying that cause I got to manifest this shit too. But I think the bigger it gets, the more fan oriented it's going to become. And they're going to feel heard always. They're going to feel accepted and seen and heard. And I, I just want to make that place for people to ultimately just want to be the best version of them. Yeah. How's that apply with genres? Like, right. Like I feel like your message is very clear and it's very important and it's there to empower people and to really get past that. But like, obviously you as an artist are going to find influence in all sorts of different places and music itself evolves and trends and production and all of that. Do you find yourself like wanting to change, not even change direction, but like, do you find yourself drawing new influences now as you start to write future music? Like, what's that look like? Let's just say everything that's about to come out is a complete and utter genre switch up for me. Yo. Yep. Okay. It's a hundred percent Lauren Sanderson. You're going to feel it more than ever. You're going to hear it more than ever. And you're most importantly, I'm just, I'm not afraid to go there. And I think a lot of the, genres that I've done in the past have just been based off what I've been feeling then. And yeah. now I'm, I'm so focused on like really making like, like you said, it's one thing to say it and it's another thing to live it. So yeah. I want the music to be like what you're going to really turn on to live your best fucking truth. That's so sick. That's cool. And, and like go like 90 on the freeway and get, all the tattoos that you want and yes. feel like the baddest bitch on earth. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's actually something that's remarkably cool about your project is I feel like the overarching idea and message doesn't need to specifically sit in one genre. Yeah, exactly. That's everything that I've made so far. I like feel is so authentic to me because 
I've been documenting my journey for a long time, but realistically, I've only been making music for like four years. So when, or maybe five now, but everything up till now has been so experimental. I've just realistically five years into a career, you know, if you listen to Gary Vee, you'll hear him say it a million times. It's so early if you really think about it. And so I'm happy to have experimented in, you know, vibey music and pop music and music with hi-hats and 808s and blah, 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 blah. Um, more rappy stuff, more melodic. And now I'm just like, okay, I've done all the experiments. I'm ready to like bring the fucking star power and let these motherfuckers know what's up. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> I love that. No, yeah. it's so, so cool. And I, I, I think that like, it becomes so easy as any kind of creator to think that there's this crazy like microscope on you and everyone's watching every move. And if you do something slightly different, yeah. then like you'll get all this judgment. And it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. No one's paying attention like that. Uh, and like, you uh, have to just evolve. Like, cause I was even thinking about that as you were saying it, like I watched that YouTube video of you explaining when you signed to Epic, right? And you were so sold on it, right? You're like, yeah. this is the next chapter. And yeah. it's not like now I think back and I'm like, wow, that's pretty stupid. You were wrong. Like, I'm just like, that's sick that you evolved. That's sick that you yeah. went through that chapter, that you learned everything you could. And now you're here and you wouldn't be here had you not done that. Exactly. That's why I'm so not negative about that experience or anything that goes wrong in my career. Like even the tour that I was supposed to do during COVID, it's like, that happened so that I really had to sit with myself and be like, who is Lauren Sanderson? What am I trying to say to the world? And I don't know if, if high could have happened or if all the music that's about to come out would have happened because I would be a completely different person in a different place in my life. If I would have been on the road that summer and things had gone X, Y, and Z way, but you can't be mad at things for not going how you thought they would because don't fucking matter how you thought it was going to happen because that's not how it happened. So that's again, that's where that's... we are now. And now we're on this podcast and I'm happy to be alive and uh, releasing my first independent song of 2021, literally today. Yeah. You just said hi. And I was like, Oh my God, we didn't even talk about it. That <laughs> yeah. was sick. And another thing I love, like <laughs> specifically shout out to my friend Maggie, who has given me the name Andrew lyrics cram because it is a joke of how much I am bad at lyrics. And you, I, 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 I'm here for the melodies. I'm here for the music until I catch a little bit of the lyrics. But sometimes I need a little bit of hand holding to get through some concepts. That's hilarious. That's actually really funny. Andrew Lyrics Cram. What's up? You're welcome. Okay. Um, I but you any lyrics that you need. Well, something that Andrew Lyrics Cram really appreciated about you releasing that song was you explained what that song was about on Instagram. <laughs> and wow, did did Andrew Lyr Lyrics Cram like that? <laughs> and what a concept. That's hilarious. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that it touched you in some way, shape, or form. It did. But I, like I actually like as much as that's a joke, I think that's again a really cool thing that like you properly promoted your song. I listened to it. And I, I was like, yeah, this sounds good. Like dope song, dope visuals, dope everything. And then I saw that and I was like, oh, it means more. And like, it didn't hit me. So like, 
Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I was going out to do a little, um, a team celebration. Very few people. Six feet away. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Last night. I hate that you have to justify that now. Like as if like you're like so socially irresponsible that it's like uh, if they're going out, I assume it's a hundred person party. It's like, no, chill, man. (laughs) I'm trying to I'm trying to end this just as much as the other person. Yeah, no, we were we were celebrating. I, I will say that with no shame. But yeah. And so. Right before we left for it, I was like, no, I need to post the meaning of what the song means before we leave. And we, um, me and my videographer slash best friend, Clint, 8mm Tapes, we put that together in about 15 minutes. So uh, I was like, no, it has to come out an hour before the song. We have to explain what it means. And luckily, he had already made that amazing video to go with it. So I just recorded the meaning in my bathroom and we just threw it on out there I was like because then for me it's like I want to explain what it means so that when people hear it they can like put themselves in my shoes or apply it to their own situations and and know that that's where it came from and that's exactly what happened to me like it was like oh cool this is a good song and then you explained it and I was like Oh fuck, I can I can relate. Like, yeah. yeah, I wish I could go back to the beginning when I met that person and just lay this out. Yeah. And like exactly. it like hit me entirely different. And Let's again, it's go. like Yeah. And actually, like th- and like everything you just said about what you want your music to be and the person you want to be and the message you want to spread, it's like you just did that. Like you just like touched somebody and made them think about something and like in a yeah. in a way that wouldn't have happened so it's like i don't well, know thank you. all thank of the respect you. yeah Woo-hoo. well damn i feel like we just about did the thing i feel like we could also go and talk about every little deep dive and all of the things <laughs> and i you got me really excited about the thing of like recording that really quickly at your house in 15 minutes because yeah. i wish more people didn't make things so precious and they just sent it because it doesn't matter just put stuff out and that's its own discussion uh but because you have the incredible fans that you do, and I, before we started recording, asked if anybody had questions, we got some really great questions. So I feel like to conclude this, maybe we just do like a super fast speed round, go through them. Yeah. All right, cool. Don't feel limited. If if they need the explanation that they need, go for it. But I figured it'd be kind of fun to just shoot them off. Got you. All right. Some of them are deep. Some of them are fun. And I think that that's a great representation of your fans, too. (laughs) Okay, that's good. All right. Uh, I'll keep them all anonymous, too, because a couple of people said that and it's easier. So Uh, first question, law of attraction thoughts. Yes. Cool. Uh, Biggest inspiration. Oh, fuck. There's so many. Um, 070 Shake, Gary Vaynerchuk, Russ, Miley Cyrus. Next. Wow. Love that. Uh, Go to road trip food. Onions. Arizona ice cream. Strong. What flavor Arizona? Watermelon. Wow. I don't know why I said onions. I feel like that's just what I want like right now. Maybe full range Doritos though. Okay. Yeah. Both good choices. Yeah, um, I'll make you smell for like five days, but that's fine. Oh, God, right. Sometimes when I eat original Doritos, I get a headache for like an hour. I don't know what it is. 
<laughs> it's not that I don't like them. I just have to be aware of it. Just have um, to be aware. Okay, this is a, a little bit more of a serious one, but I think it's a great question. Um, what are your sources of income as an artist? Uh, music, merch, and tour. I would say those are the main three. There are some side ones here and there, but for speed round, those are the main three. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Music, music merch, tour. Yeah, and I guess we could say, just because I love explaining these things in music, like I think music more so than ever artists can get paid off of digital streaming. So like sites like Spotify and all that, it doesn't have to be buying traditional music. Just streaming an artist helps them immensely. Oh yeah. Please stream. I need to pay rent. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's, but it's, it's so directly correlated. New merch on the way. Tight. All right, cool. That answers it. Um, Do you want to write a song with me? And I guess I have to make this one not anonymous. This was a past guest on Where Are All My Friends, but Ryan Scott Graham from State Champs. Oh, yes. Let's do it. So let's make it happen. Let's go back to that and say that the Where Are All My Friends podcast made that happen. Something you remind yourself every day to stay sane and happy. It's not that deep. Do your best. It's all you can do. I fuck with you. Um, Hardest song to write. Hardest song that I've had to write that has came out? Man, I don't know. I I don't think that that I've had that many hard ones come out. Maybe to the people I hurt. Okay. Yeah. Tight. I'll take it. Yeah. That's a great one because there's no one to come in and be like, no, no, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that chorus just had to be that chorus had to be like perfectly said. Everybody hurts somebody sometimes. We know that we do, but do we know the reason why I got it from you, you got it from who, and what did they do to you? It's like had to be literally perfectly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt writing it. <laughs> you're really, you're really getting Andrew lyrics cram right now. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell me there's lyrics in every song? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, every single song. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Look out for them. Um, do you plan to tour in Europe? I would love to tour in Europe. I figured that that would be an easy no-brainer yes, but it's encouraging Absolutely. for fans in Europe to know that these Absolutely. things will happen. I love Europe. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a cool one. Something you hope to accomplish by the end of the year. Heal from vocal surgery, go to therapy, and put out a body of work that I am obsessed with and with music videos to every song. I love that. I love, I've wanted somebody to do music videos to every song for so long. Please Definitely. Do. Definitely. Yes. That'll happen. Also, vocal surgery. I, I don't know if I like, we didn't really go deep on that. Is that just like yeah. the preventative? Is that the singers when you go too hard on your voice and you kind of, yeah. you got to go back and do your maintenance? That's where, yeah, that's where the rasp comes from. My voice isn't actually raspy. It's just my cysts. I have cysts. That are just kind of Wait, chilling. but it's so cool. 
It's cool, but it just hurts. Oh. Yeah. Don't don't be hurting hard. yourself then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be fine. I got a I got some rehabilitation afterwards, but it'll be good. It'll be definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was when I was TMing, uh, one of our singers, uh, an artist that I TM'd had to go through with that and it was really scary and he ended up being totally fine. So Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I needed that. Yeah. No, like actually, like I, I remember because it's like, it's your livelihood. It's your whole life. It's everything. Yeah. It's your instrument. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, hope I win. But yeah. no, it was like no, really the recovery. Is... Yeah. That's what yeah, we're yeah. for. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, dope. Great answer. Have you ever considered publishing a book? Yes, that will happen. Fuck yeah. We kind of talked about this, but your grind is unmatched. Where do you credit your incredible work ethic? Where do I credit my incredible work ethic? I would say a mixture of myself, Plant, the universe, and Gary Vee. And Russ. Let's go. (laughs) And Um, my manager. Honestly, my manager, Grace, she really keeps me going. Yeah, she's dope. I can, I can vouch for that one. This one slightly deeper side, but, um, how do I come out to my parents? They seem homophobic to me. Oof. Not a homophobic parent. (laughs) Um, Oh no. Oh, honestly, my, my best advice, and this is just what I would, this is what I would do. Um, honestly, I probably wouldn't come out until I felt honestly safe and that I had my own place to go, my own place to be in my own world where if it didn't go well, then I would be okay to, you know, be on my own and let them fizzle that out on their own. But the, if you do feel safe to do it now, I would say a letter can be really good. and. To some parents, it can be so unexpected that they don't know how to react off the bat and it might come off like, what? What? And so I I feel like a letter can be helpful because it can let them process it on their own and have maybe that little freak out moment on their own before they, you know, come to you with the actual feelings and conclusion of the actual response and not just a reaction. And to remind them that... Yeah. And to remind in the letter, you know, like, Hey, this doesn't change who I am. And this is the same me that you knew when I was five or 15 or 10 or 20 or whatever the case is like, this is still the same me, but I'm sharing this part of you with me because I want to feel closer to you. And I want you to know who I really am inside. That's huge. Amazing. Not necessarily the the standard speed round question. So I'm glad you took a second. (laughs) Giant, most important part of your life. Speed round. Go, go, go. (laughs) No, that's, uh, that was very, very well said. And, um, I mean, by no means, like I, I don't know, but one thing that you made me think of when you were saying that was, I remember, uh, in our teenage years, I had one of my best friends come out and I could tell like he was very, very afraid. And I remember like being like, 
oh, word. So like, you want to go get some food or like, what's up? Like nothing changed to me. But like, you know, even if it was like parents or something, like maybe you are afraid of that, but like, you'd probably be surprised to find out how many of your friends fucking love you no matter what and how much support you'll have everywhere else. Yeah. And to know that no matter how a friend or a family member might react or respond, it has nothing to do with you and your worth and who you are and, and that you, who you are is very valid and you should feel so good about yourself. And if you're coming out, then you should also know how brave and strong you are too. Yeah. That's no matter awesome. how they respond. Yeah. So again, <laughs> the, the heaviest speed round question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so back to a fun one, any new hair colors in mind? If I dye my hair, it will fall off. So no. Perfect. Black it is. It's been for very long and it's just, it's still coming back to life. We're going to mm. let her breathe for a little bit longer. There but, it is. But when that's over, definitely going back to bleach blonde. Tight, tight. Yeah. yeah, I'm at this like yeah. weird faded out blue. I don't know. It's It's a whole thing. I like it. From the purple shampoo. Yeah, it's like a, it was like all purple and then it was like a fade uh, out and then it, yeah. Nice. nice. Um, how about again, sort of heavy with me in these speed rounds. <laughs> how do you tell if you're in a toxic relationship, uh, worth letting go of? If they make you feel like a big fat question mark all the time. Yeah. You're in a toxic relationship. If you're questioning yourself every day. Yeah, I know. I, I I looked at that one too, and I was like, I feel like if you question it, you probably know. Yeah. Um, if, if you have to ask yourself that, then chances are, I, I just think the best way to know if if you or someone are toxic together is if you both just can't, you just can't get along. Like you shouldn't have to, it shouldn't be that much of an effort just to like love each other. You know, I've had my fair share and I've, I've done a lot of growing on my own. I've done a lot of reflecting on my own actions. And I think we all have a toxic side and just healing from our triggers and what makes us toxic and everything, but it's really important. But at the end of the day, if you have to question it and if you have to question their intentions then either you have trust issues that you need to work through or you're with someone who you know you can't trust yeah you know very well said and then the final fun speed round question are you into crystals slash spirituality definitely a spiritual person i'm starting to get into crystals i was on a Zoom call yesterday with this photographer, Ashley Osborne, super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shout out to her. Yeah, she recommended some crystals for my throat healing that is specifically centered around the throat. So yeah, I have some crystals at my house, but I'm not super into it. I'm more into like readings about the universe and, and the levels of consciousness and kind of back to the mindset stuff. I love that shit. once again i fuck with you (laughs) i fuck with you thank you so much (laughs) for having me on here today and letting me 
ramble on and on and being with good energy. I appreciate your energy and your openness and all that shit and letting me cuss. That's nice. Oh, absolutely. If, if in my <laughs> bucket of fucks, you are one that I give a fuck to. A fuck has, has been given. <laughs> wow. So I'm so grateful for no. a fuck in your bucket. <laughs> there Thank it you. is. My peak in life. Yeah, wow. Love it. Um, Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Uh, Where can everybody find you? If they don't know where to find you already, where should they listen to your music? Blah, blah, blah. Lauren Sanderson, L-A-U-R-E-N-S-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N on all platforms. And if you are listening to this, then, or watching this, then go comment on my last, wherever you scroll. And I want to, I want to hear your thoughts and and all that. I love the way you said that. If you're listening to this right now on my last whatever, go comment where you scroll. Exactly. Go go comment whatever your thoughts are whenever whenever you see it and all that. And on this guys too. Show some love. We want to Hey, it's me. We want to know who you are. We want to know what you're thinking, all that. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll see you very soon, I'm sure. Absolutely.